in the morning when you need the news that matters most. They can kiss my f***ing ass right downtown and print it. You need the front page. All these mother editorials. On the press box. They're really, really behind you around here. My f***ing ass. With Graney and Bischoff. Rip them mother Rip them suckers like the f***ing players. So the Olympics are underway. U.S. softball team won yesterday, but not the U.S. women's soccer Man. team. A softball team. Kat Osterman, who I think is 66, is the pitcher of the softball team. I couldn't believe I So, so I called up, and Kat Osterman's pitching, and I, I I actually didn't think she was actually as old as she I go, okay, Kat Osterman has to be like 30. Like I remember watching her pitch at Texas, um, and I started. Yeah, I had to Google. I'm like, man, how old is Kat Osterman? 38. Really? Uh, good for her. Yeah, she. I mean, she... she I mean, it was Italy, so, you know, she throws a one-hitter. Um, there'll be better teams like Japan and everything they're going to have to beat. But uh, let's put it this way. At least they're not women's soccer because so that was a disaster. The U.S. women's soccer team lost to Sweden 3 nothing in their first game in the Olympics. That was played. Started at 1.30 a.m. Pacific time. Um, that ended a 44-game unbeaten streak for the United States women's team. They play Australia next. Australia is a very good team as well. They're still in good shape to qualify for the knockout rounds because there eight teams advance the knockout rounds, and there's only twelve playing in the group stage. So they sh- they, they should get out, even if they you know they should they should win every game, play, but they should get out of their group regardless. But uh, not a good start. And if they, and here's the thing: if they lose to Australia, hell, if they draw with Australia, all of a sudden they might be in a lot of trouble. Like they they would be in danger of, of potentially not making it. Just reading this morning about uh, about the uh, Sweden match there, like everyone I read that was there said it was three zero. Was he? It wasn't that close. Yeah, I didn't. Wa- like, I didn't whoa. wake up to watch it or stay up. So I mean, I, I don't 3-0 know. Three zero. I mean, three zero is a domination anyway. But yeah. I mean, they, people are saying. I think forty. Yeah, forty at one point tweeted it's two zero and it ain't close because like, it's a dominating two zero. So because only twelve teams make the Olympics, right? Like France is not in the Olympics, despite they might be like the best or second best team in Europe, right? They're not in the Olympics because only 12 teams get to make it. Your groups are really good. Sweden's a really good team. Australia's a really good team, and they're both in the U.S. group. Losing to one of them is not that big of a surprise. Losing 3 nothing, And to, to, losing the way they did, yeah. supposedly. I didn't watch it, but I'm just reading everything, and not one story has said, oh, it was 3 on as a fluke. Because, like, no, this was... They got their butts kicked. They had not lost in 44 games. Yeah. And Sweden, like, there's like four or five Sweden games in that 44-game uh, run there. So an unbelievable beatdown. And they they play Australia next. It pretty much have to beat Australia to have to, to get out of the group here. Can you imagine the women's national soccer team not getting out of the group? Oh, if they don't get out of the group? I mean, Oof. the good news is, is they can't finish last because, like, who did Australia beat today? Like, Zambia or something <laughs> like that. Like, they'll beat them 12 to nothing. But... Like, yeah, they they, they got to finish. Second guarantees them out of the group. Third puts them in a questionable position. Wow. Whacking that thing around. A judge did not dismiss Zayon Collins's charges. Zayon Collins, the former Bishop Gorman basketball player that was signed to play at UNLV, got in that accident where he's going 88 in a 35, uh, was charged with DUI as well. It killed a man. Uh, his lawyers, Leon Collins' lawyers, were trying to get the DUI charge dismissed, uh, and they were trying to get his uh, blood test suppressed as well. Uh, but the judge did not allow any of that. His next court date is July 29th, so uh, next week will be his next court date. I don't actually know 
what's supposed to happen to that. We'll talk to Sam and Ash later and see, uh, you know, sort of what's next. But Zayon Collins did not get any of his charges dismissed. Yeah. We talked before the show, neither of us attorneys, so I'm not going to sit here and say why that was decided, but I guess not being an attorney or knowing anything, I would have been shocked uh, that all charges would have been dropped in a situation where a guy was killed. Right. Like, that was like, I can't believe you're dropping out charges and someone died. Yeah, and that's... That's been his lawyer's argument this entire time. It wasn't his fault. They're, they're arguing, one, that the uh, laws in Nevada around DUI with marijuana are very vague and too vague to actually, you know, say, hey, this guy was under the influence or not under the influence. And they're arguing that it wasn't Zayon Collins' fault, even though he's going 88 to 35. They're arguing that it was the guy made a left turn through an intersection when it wasn't clear, even though it's like, well, yeah, it wasn't clear because the guy was going 88, 88 to 35, 35 and right. no one expects 88 to 35. Right. So. That's been their argument the whole time, but so far they haven't had much success, or at least in this instance, didn't have much success getting it dismissed. I don't care about him. Next question. Dion Sanders walked out of a press conference because a reporter called him Dion. Apparently, he wants know. to be called Coach. Well, he wants to be. He before Coach, he wants to be called Nick <laughs> because he wants to be treated like Nick Saban. So I, I would give anything for his beat writer to say, "Hey, Nick." And so like not call him Dion. His quote yesterday was, you don't call Nick Saban Nick. Don't call me Dion. If you call Nick Saban Nick, you'll get cussed out on the spot. So don't do that to me. Treat me like Nick. Because he thinks all reporters refer to Nick Saban as coach, which is not true. No, uh, it's not true. Pro Football Talk actually pulled a press conference from the like playoffs or something this year where, like, 75% of the questions in the press conference, they address him as Nick. Right. And one guy addressed him as, hey, Saban. So the idea that Nick Saban only gets yeah. called coach is, is wrong. absurd. Uh, it's absurd what he did. Um, I don't know. You can tell me you, what you've done in the past. I can't remember one coach I've ever covered. Now, I go back and forth. Like, sometimes, hey, coach, sometimes, hey, Tony, hey Mike, whatever you know. Hey, Turk. So it's not like every uh, Turk. I mean, we called him Turk. We called Gerard Gallant Turk. We didn't call him Coach. Um, I call Pete DeBoer Pete all the time, whether it's one on one on a phone or in a Zoom. Like say Pete. Petey. So I just I I'm I'm guess I don't know if I'm stunned or not, but this was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. I I, I just think it's ridiculous that you would have that kind of ego <laughs> to where you would walk out of your media days because someone called you by your first name. I don't think I've ever called a coach coach it, that to me it's to me it's kind of weird to be like oh well essentially like, they're not our coach right you don't coach me in anything right. why would i call you a coach i, I mean my just, when my kids played sports they said coach but that was their coach and yeah. i would i didn't want them to call him the first name anyway no that's your coach called coach but us i don't like i don't know if like one of these coaches sit down i don't know if i'll call him coach or his name i'll just say hey <laughs> what if you call <laughs> i mean you know like but the, the Deion sanders walking out I, I, again, I want anything for that. And there was a beat writer, I think, in one of the stories, one of his beat writers, uh, who actually said, I, I've called him Dion. Yeah. Like, he was like, I've called him Dion. I don't know what this was about. <laughs> what if and you... it was it was like the local paper. He's at Jackson yes. State. It was yes. the local Jackson paper, the Clarion Ledger. Who said it? It's the paper. It was that reporter. It's so so bizarre that he would walk. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's happening there with well, Dion Sanders. Okay, but what if you called him primetime? PT. I want them either to call him Nick or PT. Neon Dion. I think I just, he'd like that more, right? Oh, he'd like prime time. Well, look, if you have an ego big enough to where you're going to walk out of your media days because someone called you Dion, 
your ego is definitely big enough to like if he called him prime time. Now that's what I'm talking about. Did some something had to have happened earlier in the day, right? I like just, even you Deion, would hope. Even Deion Sanders, he I had mean, to be mad about something else. Like I mean, even Deion Sanders hope. isn't just walking well, out because the guy called him Deion once. I mean, we just saw the Mountain West poll. What was the poll in his league? I mean, where did he get picked? Maybe he was pissed <laughs> off that he got picked too low. I don't know. Jackson State Jackson picked State last picked of the swack. Yeah, I'll show you guys. I'll show you media people. And he found yeah. the most dumb thing to walk out on. Like, I just I. I, I literally can't comprehend them being a uh, coach being mad because I mean the story by, the story was great. He right? got called You've by his it. first name. Yeah, yeah. that's his first name. It's not I, that that blows me away that you would be mad that I'll, somebody called you by your first name. I'll give you four coaches: Marvin, Tony Sanchez, Bobby Houck, Pete DeBoer. I never once had coached any of them ever. Ever, I, n- I never said coach, and no one had a problem. Like, yeah. hey, I mean, you know, they, oh, we need we need Pete DeBoer to be like it's coach from now on, guys. He would never say that. <laughs> he would never say that. There's not you were on all the, a lot of Vegas Golden Knight zooms. I never heard one people say coach. I think everybody says Pete because Pete. I mean, because the, okay, it's the way Pete does the Zoom press conferences is it'll be here's you know Ed Graney with the Review yeah. Journal, and almost everybody he'll says, say. Yes. Yeah, he'll say like "Hey Ed," right, right. and almost everybody responds with "Hey Pete" or something yeah. like that. So it's, I don't know, it is com- it is so bizarre to me that I mean it's a great story because it was just complete buffoonery. Yeah, it's so bizarre. I I can't get over it. If, I, don't call me by my first name. Hey, if that's what this dude's most worried about, I'm worried about Jackson State. Is that his team, Jackson <laughs> yes. State? All right, I'm worried about them. Mark, that's <laughs> fun. See, I don't call Mark Andre Fleury goalie. <laughs> That'd be hey, funny. goalie. That'd be funny if you did. <laughs> Can uh, you start, please? <laughs> Falcons kicker Youngway Koo had his Jeep stolen, but he posted on Instagram, MF stole my Jeep. Can you just bring my cleats back, though? I won't even be mad, bro. Just bring all my cleats back so I can go kick. <sighs> can you a- not get other cleats? How special are his cleats that he can't get new ones? I'm a little worried I mean, about the finances of Arthur, of Arthur Blank right now. <laughs> because if the if the Falcons can't afford this dude to have him get new cleats, I'm worried about the Falcons right now and their bottom line financially. <laughs> we have to start a GoFundMe for yes, the Yes, a GoFundMe for uh, his cleats. Like, what do we, like, that's like, yeah, that's like what we fund for, like, high schools that don't have enough yeah. money. It's like, oh, we got uh, to yeah. raise some money for or, equipment. Yeah, it's like the local NFL players, the local NFL players who will say, I'm going to bring the high school a bunch of cleats. Yeah. Like, we're going to just buy him a bunch of shoes. And Young Waiku needs a teammate to bring him a bunch of cleats. <laughs> like, I get it. He's a kicker, so he's probably wearing, you know, more specialized cleats than an average probably, NFL player. But, but he can get more, right? Like, he can well, get more. Yeah, and there's cleats. You have all weather cleats. If they go on the road, I don't know, to Cleveland and it's snowing, he's got different cleats. I mean, Instead of in, instead of like going on social media, wouldn't you go to the training guy and say, "Can I get some new shoes?" Like, <laughs> I'm trying to think what the comparable would be. Like if my car got stolen right now from the Cosmopolitan, and I was mad because oh, what I, if you had your binder in there with all your analytics for fake horses? Oh, it's all on my computer. We're good. But if my computer was in there, yeah, I'd be like, I need that back. <laughs> I need you that keep back. Keep the car. Keep the car. I need the binder back. Oh. I gotta. I gotta know about fake horse and uh, high car. I don't know what I'd have. I don't have much in my car. Though. Yeah, I don't either. Like I, I don't put much in my car. I have a blanket in the back of my trunk. Yeah. And yeah. That's about it. Oh, I do have a golf club, though. Oh, bring back the. Golf I would bring clubs. back the golf clubs. That's it. Next question: Cam Akers will miss the 2021 season with a torn Achilles. 
is it bad that when I saw this, I only cared about fantasy football and immediately went to see who in my league has Cam Akers as a potential keeper? Um, it is somewhat bad for you as a person, but I do believe you're <laughs> the I do believe you're the majority opinion. Unless you're an absolute fan of the yeah, Rams, unless you're a Rams fan, then yeah. you're really bummed. But if you're a fan of any other team, the first thing you say in your keepers league, who had that guy? Yeah, and I thank God I didn't. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and that was and to be honest with you. Cam Akers, torn Achilles, out for the season, right? That was the news yesterday. Right. I mean, within two minutes, most of the tweets were about Darrell Henderson. He's your new yeah. number one running yeah. back. You should draft him in the second round of I your mean, fantasy league. Like, well, that, that, that's the response within two minutes of his injury. I thought it stunk because he's such a good player, and it, it was horrible for him. But you're right. I mean, again, you're an awful person for thinking that, but there's a majority of awful people out there because I – that had to be what most people thought. Yeah. I mean, that's... Like, do I have them? And if I don't have them, who has them? Yeah. In our league, it was the guy that won the title, so... Really? Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so, in a weird way, you were not only asked that, but you were happy that yeah, he got hurt. Uh, you know. Uh, hey. A little bit of benefit. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, find out where UNLV was picked to finish in the Mountain West. I got a, 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 a text from Quavo, who's a, a, an avid Georgia fan, and you'd think, wait, a lot of people in this room probably don't know who Quavo is. The first text I got was two weeks after NIL had started and said, Coach, please tell the players, be selective. Who they put their brand with. Don't just do anything. He used the term thirsty. Don't be thirsty. Right? Be selective in what you do, selective in how you handle your branding. You've got tax issues now you've got to deal with. There's a lot of education that we're doing in-house to make this an advantage for our young men. And that's something that we continue to drive home with our players, and they understand. We've got two young men today that are here. One has NIL deals, one that doesn't. And that's by their choice. And we know there may be inequities within positions and things, but our team is very confident that we will manage that and that will not be a distraction during our offseason. And I'm excited to see them handle that. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. That was Kirby Smart, the head coach of Georgia, explaining to reporters what the phrase or what the term thirsty meant, which is phenomenal when coaches have to do that. Do you know who Quavo is? Yeah, well, okay. I know of him. Okay. Told me to identify him? Probably not. If he walked in here right now, no chance. <laughs> no chance. Name a horse? I should name a horse after him, shouldn't I? <laughs> yes. All right, so we're oh, out here at Lord. the Cosmopolitan for Mountain West Media. We should do media days for my horses. Oh, this will be great. But we're at the Cosmopolitan for Mountain West Football Media Days, and we have the preseason predicted order of finish. UNLV comes in with the fewest amount of points in the poll picked to finish sixth in the west and they are lower than the sixth place team in the mountain division making them 12th place overall in the mountain west in top the preseason 15 poll. i don't think it's a surprise i mean i think we'll say the same thing about the raiders i think long long time ago they you know moved into the mode of prove it before you know we'll see it when we believe it yeah. i mean it's just that's the way it is they haven't done anything in a really long time and like the raiders you can't go each year with believing anything else can happen until you prove otherwise. Nevada was picked to finish first in the yeah. West. Uh, they're bringing back Carson Strong. Carson Strong is probably the they're, reason. They're they got offense. A lot of, yeah, their offense is good. Their receivers, and they were good. Their offense was really good in Allegiant Stadium last year. Yeah, that's true. But they beat out San Jose State, who was picked to finish second, and San Diego State comes in picked to finish third in just the West Division. That doesn't even include the Mountain, where Boise State's first, Wyoming is second, and Air Force is third. It's... 
I think you're looking at Boise State, Nevada, and throw San Jose State in there because of the quarterback. You got three three really solid teams in yeah. the Mountain West this year. Yeah, like I mean, you know, if there was a 12 team playoff, I think you'd have a few teams here thinking, you know what, we can win this conference, we can get in the 12 team playoff. Not if you ask Dabo. <laughs> Not a good enough team. <laughs> Not 12 teams out there that should be in. Yeah, thanks, Dabo. Thanks for checking in. Why don't you go ride the roller coaster in your practice facility, in your billion-dollar practice facility? Dabba could, could afford some horses. Here's, here's I mean, actually my favorite part. So the Mountain West, they, they handed us a press release here. Mm-hmm. They actually have where the projected mm-hmm. champion finished every single every year. year. And this is great. And it looks like usually they finish first or second. Uh, last year, San Diego State managed, managed to finish fourth, and Fresno State has a tied for fourth in there. But Utah finishing fifth in 2005 looks like the worst. Oh, TCU finished fifth as well in 2007. But for the most part, if you get picked to win, you finish first or second. The glory days of UNLV football appears to be 2001 when they were picked to finish second. Uh, they ended up pay- f- finishing four- fifth, tied for fifth with Air Force. I'm trying to see. Do you see them picked anywhere higher since 2001. I'm stunned it was that I mean, high. once you get once you get to 2004, it's it's just not going to happen. But I'm looking down here. Well, the, these also the years Utah was in it, TCU was in it. Much, much better programs. I'm still, no. I, the glory days of 2001. The glory days. Uh, pick second. <laughs> I'll buy you lunch if you can tell me who the quarterback was in the 2001 team. Uh, John Denton. That might be right. Oh, I thought you knew. No, are you I out of your you mind? Knew? I'm on it. <laughs> I thought oh you God. might know the answer. Wait a to that. second. Well, we don't buy each other lunch anyway. Don't we owe Jared lunch? We do owe, owe Jared oh, lunch. You, yeah, yeah, you missed you missed out on uh, that conversation yesterday. Okay. Yeah, we do. We have to buy Jared a lunch. Um, uh, if if it's John Denton, I actually will give you lunch because I had no idea when I asked that. And uh, you know, it could. I don't think it was John Denton. It was, I was not. Okay, I was at the game where 0-11 John Denton beat San Diego State, so I don't think 0-11 was picked to win. Uh, who was the starting quarterback 2001? Do you have it? Uh, okay, well, starting is an interesting phrase. Uh, <laughs> they were picked second. They had to have a good quarterback. There was a guy who threw almost 200 times in the season. Uh, Jason Thomas. Jason Thomas, okay. that is correct. All right, all right. Jason Thomas actually, with his son, was at one of the uh, spring practices this year with uh, Marcus Arroyo. Uh, he was out there throwing the ball around with his son. So, uh, yeah, there you go, Jason Thomas. But the man, big, if it had hey. been Denton, I was giving you a lot of props. That it had been John Denton, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> okay, how did you come but, up with that name? But the biggest thing is Joe Haro was on that team. Oh, Joe was Haro. that his good year when he ran for over a thousand yards? Yes. Oh, look at that, five point one yards per carry. That's why they were picked second. It was Joe Haro was there to save the day for him. So. We do have a little bit more UNLV thing here. So pro football focus. They ranked all of the quarterbacks in Division One football, all 130 of them. And Justin Rogers came in as the 73rd best quarterback. Out of how many? 130 in college football. Top 80. That would make him sixth best in the Mountain West. Which is really amazing because he's not going to start. Ahead of Hawaii, San Diego State, Wyoming, Air Force, New Mexico, and Colorado State's quarterback. Is he? Isn't Brumfield going to start? So that's the fascinating part of this. Arroyo has not decided on who his starter is, or at least he hasn't told us if he has decided on who his starter is. <laughs> well, first of all, you're not getting told anything. He's <laughs> not telling you anything. But. <laughs> but we saw all of last season Max Gillum get the majority of the playing time. Justin Rogers threw 22 passes last year. Doug Brumfield threw 21 passes last year. 
I am fascinated why Pro Football Focus would be so high on Justin Rogers kind because TCU stuff. I mean, he, but he he threw, but he, he didn't he played do in a, much. What was it? Played in one game at yeah. TCU, I think. Had, but he came here with the hype. Yeah, had significant injury problems, and like, it's are we really talking about the recruiting rankings from two thousand and six or whatever it was when he came out of high school? Is that really what we're looking at? Uh, who two, in the world is, Who in the world's ranked last? Um, that's a good oh question. My goodness. But that's like I am. That's. <laughs> Like John I, Denton, <laughs> maybe still, he might be around. But that's like I can't like that. That had that's the only thing you could point to as far as Justin. Well, Rogers you couldn't have pointed to last year. Yeah, I mean he only threw twenty two passes. Yeah. Even if he and like he wasn't actually bad in those twenty. He completed fourteen of them. He wasn't actually like bad by any means in those passes. But like, there's just not much to point to other than his recruiting ring. So I was I was stunned to see that they were seventy third and top six in the Mountain West. Is he the? I assume he is. So. Uh, okay, so how many how many are ranked? So it's every team. Every team. Okay, yeah, so it's not like they do multiples for teams. No, no, so no, he's the only one on UNLV ranked in the top 130 quarterbacks. Yeah, because for some teams, like so, for for example, Oregon State 74th. They actually they actually do both quarterbacks. So like, for, well then 76 should have been four of them because yeah. doesn't a Royal have four out there? Should have been Justin Rogers and <laughs> Doug Brumfield <laughs> and Cameron Freeman. What if they're like three listed? <laughs> You're all number 76. Whoever wins the job is number 76. I. I can't believe they're 76. No, I can't. 73rd. 70, 73rd. Yeah. I, I, can't, I yeah. can't believe that. I mean, listen, if Justin Rogers is the 73rd best quarterback in the country and the 6th best quarterback in the Mountain West, well, they won't go winless. No, they're winning like four games this year. They're absolutely winning. I mean, the defense might be bad again, probably will be bad again, but they're winning They're winning football games. If they have the 6th best quarterback in this conference. Who's, who's ranked below them? Air Force? Uh, just in the Mountain West. Yeah. Uh, Hawaii's worse. Wow. Which is, you know, Siobhan Cordero has been up and down, but he has had some really good moments. But, he's had a lot more moments than but Justin again, Rogers. again, he's played and right. at times played well. Right. So, uh, Wyoming's behind him, which Wyoming wants to run the ball which, 99% of the plays. By the way, then Wyoming's good everywhere else because they're picked yeah. second behind Boise and they got two first place votes. Air Force is behind him, which, mm. okay, they might only throw two passes right. the entire year. Right. New Mexico, I mean, they're not, they're, they're picked at, at the bottom okay. of the uh, mountain division and Colorado State. So. Man, I, I don't know. I mean, good for him that he's picked seventy third. I hope he wins the job because if not, that seventy third is not going to look really good. <laughs> if, he, if he's not the guy, it's like, yeah, what happened to that guy? You ranked seventy third. Well, he doesn't play. It's like, what? <laughs> I hope he wins the job. I mean, if he doesn't, they messed up on what the if, rankings. What if he's the seventy third best quarterback and he doesn't win the job? That makes Doug Brumfield like the fiftieth yeah, best quarterback. Exactly. Oh, they're going to a bowl game if that's the case. If Doug Brumfield gets the job and is like the 50th best quarterback in college football, put this team in a bowl game right now. I actually think uh, I actually think Brumfield's going to be the guy. I mean, that was what was it? Did Grimala write the story that that, Mar- that Marcus Arroyo kind of hinted at Doug Brumfield being ahead? He, he didn't didn't like name him the starter or anything, but he sort of hinted at Doug Brumfield being ahead yes, of yes. Justin Rogers. If you read if you read all the stories and the quotes, and you had to pick someone, you'd say, okay, it's going to yeah. be Doug Brumfield, which. I guess good for Doug Brumfield. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, I, I again, we saw forty-three combined passes between Brumfield and Justin Rogers last yeah. year. Forty-three, and you know, semi-serious part of the conversation is this is going back to last year. Why did Max Gillum play so much? Right, right. I mean, technically Gillum could have come back because every senior because could have come back. He but ate sushi off a model. I'm pretty sure they wanted to bench him for that, Jerry. Yes, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they didn't want to play him ever again after that happened. But like. 
like that that's you go back to last year why why did why did Max Gillen play so much when these other two guys were going to be on well, the roster next year and you could have gotten and they were going to be supposedly right. your future yeah and you could have gotten and, and all last year we heard about was how oh this is you know this is our spring practice well, yeah. why didn't you play the quarterbacks that right. are going to be around more yeah it's again would it have made a difference in the win loss column probably not but we would know more about those two quarterbacks right now today and that would be, I think, a valuable thing to have if you were a coaching staff trying to figure out who your quarterbacks are going to be. All right, coming up next, Jason Fitz joins the show. The man does not like pie or syrup on his pancakes. No clue why we're talking to him, but it is time for our weekly visit with ESPN's Jason Fitz. Hello, Jason. How are you? Jason? I mean, that's the most accurate description of all time, so I'm really actually doing great now. I mean, come on. There's no one better with imaging than Jared Justice. Yeah, well, you give him you give him something as good as you don't like pie. <laughs> that's all you're going to hear for the rest of the time. So, well, actually, let me ask you this: Do you have any explanation? Not that I expect you to, but why is Mark Bidet no longer the president of the Raiders? Uh, I'll tell you this: I think it was as stunning for me as it was for everybody else. And you know, I, I tried to go down any lines of communication I can find to get some answers, and can't get any. So, I think it's strange. I think even the wording of it was strange. That you know, the acceptance of resignation, uh, you know, it, it wasn't Mark that put out that uh, that that statement, and for Mark Davis to put out the statement the way he did, it all just feels very clunky, and so it feels very unanticipated. And then you have to ask yourself why somebody. It's been with the organization this long would unanticipatedly, if that's a word, uh, leave the organization. So I, I think it's a really, it's interesting that there's been so much silence around it and so much guarding of information around it. So I think at some point they're going to have to answer some questions because it seems so awkward at this point, which is, you know, sort of what it is at times to be a Raiders fan. Things constantly are awkward. <laughs> now, we do believe Mark Davis wrote the statement because it was in all capital letters. And no one, I mean, and no, and no one said, hey, we know you're the owner. This isn't how we usually put out statements. Can we can we do a little bit with uh, not capitals? Yeah, I mean, have we not learned anything over the past few months with Mark Davis making statements that maybe he should be insulating himself with people that will say, hey, this would come across a little better if we did this. Like, I don't even – like, to be fully transparent, I'm not the best sometimes with some social media, right? So, like, if I'm about to do a big show on social media – if they, they've got sponsors or whatever, like there'll be somebody there that sits there and says, like, what are you going to tweet? And they'll look at it and they're like, oh, okay, that's pretty good. Have you thought about this? Like, And that's like tiny little me. I don't own an NFL team. I don't understand how Mark is at some point, And he's putting somebody around him that's a translator, like an app that can come in and say, hey, let's make you look a little bit better in this situation. Because, I mean, it's just – it's he's an interesting cat, but that's an interesting way to do things. I'm gonna I'm gonna run by a hypothetical scenario for you because because it was a Monday afternoon and it wasn't like a hey Mark Bedane's been with us for decades he's retiring here's a press conference we're thankful for everything he's done because it was just a Monday afternoon press release we've accepted his resignation it's almost as though Mark Bedane if he was in a non like sports job walked into Mark Davis's office on Monday and said, I've accepted a job with a competitor, and they walked him out the door then because they don't want a competitor working for them for two more weeks. That's what it felt like to me, Mark Bedane's taking another job with another NFL team. Now, I don't even know if it has to be. I think your analogy is a good one, and it makes a lot of sense. I don't even know if it has to be another NFL team. I mean, frankly, you know, if you're, if you're in any sport at this point, are they trying to, especially as guarded as NFL teams are with their secrets, like, it's not difficult to say, okay, even if he was taking another job, uh, let's say with, I don't know, a baseball franchise that might be considering moving, then 
you know, having gone through the relocation process, like I think there's a spot where, to your point, the, the Raiders could easily turn around and say, yeah, that's just, we're just going to get you out of the building now. But even if they do that, I don't understand why you don't keep that quiet and then have a big press conference on Tuesday and make it a big deal. Well, I understand the all caps if he said, I'm going to work for the Oakland A's with what happened with the Raiders and the A's <laughs> up in Oakland, how much they hate each other. That would be actually the best. But you're right. It could be, you know what, recently, we were talking the other day, recently the president of MGM went to be the Pac-12 commissioner, and, and, and Bidane got so close to casino people and LVCVA people and the governor and building Allegiant Stadium. Like, I don't know. Like, am I, I don't know if in two weeks I'm going to be shocked. It's like, hey, he took another job in Vegas. He's now the president of a casino or something like that because we really liked the guy and we liked working for him for the last three or four years with him for three or four years on building that stadium. Well, and that, that speaks to part of the, the relocation process is about relationship building and trust building with the city. So you're right. I mean, everybody that was part of that process is connected in a way now from casinos to politics, connect, connected across the board on how to get things done. So there has to be some concept of no matter what your company is, if you're looking at it and saying, man, this guy managed to help a franchise move, get a stadium paid for in the process, get all the legislation handled on it, get everybody on one page and get this massive task completed. I mean, I can see where like any of us put that on our resume and it's going to, it would, it would change the way we're perceived and change opportunities for them. And, and if you're an NFL team, you've got to look at it and say, Hey, you know, if he wants to move on somewhere else, I think it's Lewis Riddick that pointed out, you know, president of, of teams, that's not a position that comes open often. So there's going to be real competition for somebody to come in and, and get this opportunity. I hope that Mark Davis opens up the, the book to look outside of the family and make sure that he's bringing in the best mind he can to be a part of this and not just looking within the Raiders family, even though that's a great portion of the loyalty. It doesn't always make the most sense from a business standpoint. So you want the job? <laughs> yes, and I'll be, Mark, I'm telling you right now, if you call me, I'll let you use whatever like whatever grammar you want. We'll do whatever capitalization you want. I'll, in fact, put it out and tell everybody, I'm sorry, I typed it. Like, I'll take all the blame and uh, cash all the paychecks. That is, a, that is a life of luxury I would easily take, yes. We have hired the analyst of the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest <laughs> to be our president. Yes, you have. I'm coming tomorrow. Hey, look, as a sales pitch, if he can make a hot dog eating contest interesting to America, what can he yes. do for the best football franchise in the country? Uh, Jason, I did want to ask you a college football question. We have seen both the Big 12 and the SEC over the last couple of weeks uh, not officially say it, but have basically had ADs or coaches or the commissioners come out and say, hey, we're not going to cancel games. We're not going to postpone games for COVID. Like, if you have a COVID issue in season – you're going to be forfeiting. That's going to be a loss for your team. And I'm curious your thoughts on that and, and college football conferences kind of shaming their players, their teams, into getting vaccinated because of that. Well, here's the thing. Uh, if Greg Sankey actually holds true the SEC commissioner to what he said this week, it would be the first time we've ever seen this set of, um, of fortitude on Sankey because, let's be real, like he can say this all day long, but if it's Alabama that has to forfeit, that could cost him a playoff spot. Is the SEC willing to lose that money? Is Alabama, is he going to stand up to Nick Saban? Like I've stood, I've interviewed Nick a, a few times. I'm sorry, Coach Saban, I don't want to attend the <laughs> Oh, there we go. Love Coach it. Coach Saban a few times, and there's an intimidating process to him. Like I, I can't imagine looking at Coach Saban and saying, no, we're not going to allow a postponement, and yes, it's going to ruin your shot at a national championship. Like That's a cute concept by Commissioner Sankey, but realistically I think what we're hearing right now is all of the right things from the commissioners to try and get what they want done. I I don't believe for a single second that the SEC or the Big Ten particularly will allow one of their best to be taken out of playoff contention 
by by virtue of a cancellation, so a, a forfeiture. So I, I can't see it happening. Well, no, because as we said yesterday, Saban's got the syringe in his hand as they walk in the locker room. You think that guy's not going <laughs> to tell all his kids you're getting vaccinated? I'm not forfeiting a game. Line up. Uh yeah, no, you're, you're right about that. I mean, that's, I think that's what they're trying to do, though, is, I mean, six of the 14 teams in the SEC have reached the 80% threshold. So I think they're just trying to like, get all of the other kids to come on board with it. But, you know, I did talk to an assistant coach with an NFL team the other day, and, and he said that the, his only job has been literally dialing phones to talk to players to say, here's why competitively I need you to get vaccinated. I can't make you do it, but I'm at least going to give you the competitive advantage of why it helps our team. And, like, it's crazy that that's what we're in with a bunch of professionals, nonetheless kids. Well, he is Jason Fitz. He'll be the future president of the Raiders uh, once this search is complete. Good luck, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, well, you know what? I'll still come on every week once I've got that role. Uh, like, oh, yeah. Well, that would be great. Can you get us the long snapper? I mean, I think, like, look, I'll offer to be the long snapper <laughs> after they take the job. I'll do it for free, two for one. Two for one. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, we Jason. appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See you. All right, we're out here at Mountain West Media Days. Hopefully, when we come back from commercial, we'll be joined by Brady Hoke of San Diego State. It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. So Matt is our sharp. He won yesterday with the Astros. Because we're out here at Mountain West Media Days, we got Matt's pick off the air, but Matt has taken the Tampa Bay Rays for his pick today as he, that will be his uh, third pick here, or fourth pick here. So Matt's getting a, a little bit of a streak going here if he can get the Tampa Bay Rays yeah. to win yeah. today. Um, we are hoping to be joined by Brady Hoke here in just a few minutes. What it Was Craig Thompson still keeping him long? Still talking. Jeez, walk in there with like a school bell and well, ring it so the well, teacher knows that I mean, missed the students. Someone just mentioned here, I mean, you take at least an hour talking about the great TV contract. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, a couple people asked about, you know, like how do you keep your hair like that? And so he had to go into a, you know, detailed breakdown. It's been a long breakdown of the hair. Um, there is a story in college football that's, uh, we'll say, interesting. Vanderbilt has a new coach, Chris Lee, and Chris Lee is going to make players earn their numbers, their jersey numbers. They have a they, their roster right now is just player names. There are no numbers. And his quote was, "We are going to earn everything in this program until we understand that we rent those numbers. We don't own them until we are ready to work within them. Leave them better for the next person to wear them. Mm-hmm. That will come." What the hell is that? So two things here. <laughs> what? If I'm the beat writer, I'm bummed because I won't know who's playing if they never <laughs> – what if they play their first game and none of them have numbers on I'm like, who the hell is that guy? I don't know that guy. And two, I think this has nothing to do with other than they walked in the first day and said, hey, Chris. <laughs> they didn't say coach? No, they didn't say coach. I don't think this has anything to do with earning anything. This is – isn't this, Tyler, like – this is like one of the like, more popular cliches, right, of college sports. Like, oh, take the numbers off or take your names off. Like, we've heard that so often. Now, it's Vanderbilt football, and they're horrible, and they're in the best conference in America, so I guess he's trying to do something to build his program. Good for him, but I don't know if it motivates a kid. I mean, if I'm a kid, I'm motivated to play because I want to play. Like, I don't, you know, if, I, if I'm starting running back, I'm like, oh, I better do a little better because they won't give me number 32. I don't know. I, I'm not going to, you know, again, it sounds like I'm taking a shot at him. I mean, good for him. He's trying to motivate his kids. I just don't know when they get on the field for practice if it means anything to them. Here's my question. that I, I the, two, the two stories I read on this, it didn't have an answer to this. 
are they practicing without numbers on their jerseys? I assume. And how, how would you know who anyone is? I was going to say, how do the coaches know who each player is when I have they no have idea. helmets on? So, well, especially even if you, they have you, helmets on, even when you group in, group in uh, position groups, yes. even when you break into that, how would you know who they are? You put, uh, okay, that, I have an actual answer to this. Uh, you, You're going to say they put names across the top of the helmet and tape. That is exactly what they do. And they do that even with numbers. They but, do that with numbers anyway. But you can't see that from far away. Not far away. I guess if you're the position coach breaking them out, like, you're like right if, on top. If of you're them. standing on the sideline trying to break down how your offensive line is playing, you can't you can't it's, read the tape across the front no. of the helmet to know who's where. You could okay. only do it in position groups where you're right on top of them, like yeah. off to the side. But uh, if it's anything like any of my football coaches, you just yell, "Hey, dumbass!" And whoever looks over, it's like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's probably the guy." <laughs> I I don't know. Like I said, it's Vanderbilt and in the SEC. He's got to do something. I mean, they're. Well, it's a terrible program in the best conference in America, and he's new. I think he's new, right? So he's trying to do something, so good for him. I don't think it matters. I don't think kids say, oh, we got to work harder. We won't get a number. I think they just go to practice. And, like, <laughs> and, and here's the thing. Maybe the kids don't even know. Hey, where's Jim? Yeah. Like, they're looking around. I'm supposed to stand next to Jim. Which one's Jim? And the, the funny part of it is once you play games, you have to have numbers. Well, I would you hope you'd have them in games. Well, I, think, I think it's in the rules yes, you have to have you, ha- you have to have numbers. You can't line up and play without numbers which would be Which would be, other than, like I said, for the beat writers, absolutely tremendous. <laughs> would you like to be the play-by-play guy on TV with your binoculars? The tall guy just went out and ran a post, tackled by the shorter guy. I'm like... <laughs> He'll, I'm sure he'll. I'm sure. Hopefully, by the hopefully by the falls for, first scrimmage, they have numbers on. Well, and, and by the way, what if you're the equipment guy right now? Like, yeah. hey, you give me like two mu- two minutes to put the numbers on these things. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're going to announce the numbers the day, like on game day, yeah. and the equipment guy's like, yeah. no, this guy's <laughs> like not he, have he's these. staying up all night like plastering numbers no, on no, jerseys. He just has an airbrush. Just, just two. <laughs> do you think Vanderbilt will do a, you know how, like, kids that are walk-ons, they get awarded a scholarship and the coaches, like, make it a big deal at practice and everybody gets excited? And he points to the wrong kid? No, no, no. I'm saying, are they going to, like, award the numbers one by one? Like, all right, guys, oh, yeah. he's been working yeah. hard in practice the last two weeks. Oh. So I'm proud to present the number 72 to Jonathan. <laughs> it's going to be like. It's going to be like when my son was either in T-ball or Little League and he had the, the jersey night and the kids got all excited because they got jerseys. Come on up here, Tristan. You're number 12. <laughs> and he's like four running up there, like tripping over himself to get number four. Like that's what it's going to be like. These kids, they're going to have some kind of banquet and these like Vanderbilt football players are going to like run up to get their number. Is, is it a bad sign that Vanderbilt's like, who should we emulate? Oh, the Houston Texans. <laughs> yes. Oh, cause the, oh, man, the Texans. You remember that? They're, well, but he's a nut job, too. But, but yeah, but they're back in their uh, minicamp thing where they gave the media a roster, but the roster didn't have the numbers, the numbers. on it. Because they didn't. That was, but that wasn't to screw with, like, motivating the players. That was to screw with the media. Yeah. They didn't want the media to know who number 46 right. was, and the Texans had, like, 50 new players yeah. at training camp. And all they cared about was, well, the quarterback's not here, and we know what number that guy is. So, you know, I mean, if he's not here, we don't really care about anyone else, and his number's not on the field. Was that actually the Texans' way of getting Deshaun Watson into training camp? Was if we just don't give out any numbers, nobody will know it's Deshaun <laughs> probably Watson? probably know it's him. It's like, who's that guy? Why is number 43 taking <laughs> snaps? That kind of runs like Deshaun I'd, Watson. I mean, Chris Lee, and I mean, the, we heard from the Texans – Coach a few times on on Zooms and, and his press conference, like, oh, he's he's a uh, he's a little uh, short of stuff, but good for Chris Lee. 
Hope it works for them. I don't What's, think it will. They're, they're Vanderbilt. But it, it's going to work for them in the non-conference games when they play really bad teams, <laughs> and then it doesn't matter what the numbers are when they get into the SEC because well, they're not going to win any games. They did lose to UNLV two years ago, Ooh, so maybe they, they do need this to, to beat did, the UNLV. They did lose to UNLV. What's, what's worse, Chris Lee thinking that he can't give his players numbers or Deion Sanders demanding to be called coach? I don't think this football season – we will hear something worse than Deion Sanders not wanting want, wanting to be called Nick for Nick Saban. The great thing this morning is if someone actually showed Saban that or story and he just burst out laughing. Was this guy? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Didn't he used to play? This guy wants to be me. He's not, he hasn't won more than two games. No, the best thing will be whenever Nick Saban's next press conference is, the first reporter says, hey, Nick. And hey, Nick. Nick, Nick walks off. Yeah. Says, it's coach. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned something from my pal, Coach Dion. And then, and then Darren Ravel. Tweets out, Coke lost a million dollars because Nick Saban didn't have his yes. didn't sit there because he didn't sit there for the prescribed two minutes and forty two seconds that they promised Coke he would okay. sit there. When are we going to get? Because you go to a press conference and there's a Coke bottle or a Gatorade bottle on the table. When are we going to get like a coach? Oh, the players can do this now. When a player does a press conference, this player's press conference brought to you by sure a sponsor. Sure. Oh, somebody um, needs to do that. Which players? Which players are going to have press conferences that people I actually mean, watch? What you see now in the last week are, okay, we couldn't recruit to this now, but we're not going to get beat. So North Carolina, which i got to be honest, I have no ties to North Carolina, but I've always liked their gear. I've always liked their stuff and the colors and everything. They came out this week, and now North Carolina merchandise is going to work with its players. And the other teams will try, uh, follow. Everyone's going to follow because now, again, that's a recruiting advantage. Well, if you come here, you know, you wear the stuff, we're going to give you a bunch of money. So yeah. you don't think the next day Alabama and everyone else is going to follow this in terms of their merchandising? These kids are going to make a lot of money. Nick Saban said the Bryce Young kid who's going to start for them this year. Did you see this? Yeah. The modern-day kid? He hasn't taken a real snap as the starter. He was the backup. He hasn't even named the starter yet. No, well, I hope he will be because <laughs> he's almost made seven figures. Yeah. That he, Nick Saban said he estimated he's right under a million dollars. And he hasn't been in, the starter yet. NIL endorsements and hasn't been named the starter. Man. I hope he plays. <laughs> it would be it would be funny if he's got a million dollars and all these people have him as an endorser and he loses the job and yes. he's sitting on the bench the yes. entire season. The be- I want Bryce Young <laughs> to play because I want him to follow Nick Saban in a press conference and walk up, knock Nick Saban's Coke bottle down, and put up a Pepsi bottle. Say, well, these guys, Pepsi's these guys are giving me more than you. Yeah, exactly. These guys are giving me 50 grand a press conference, Nicky. Get out of here, Nick. You wouldn't call him coach. Hey, Nick. Beat it. Oh, we also need players in, like, NASCAR-style shirts yes. where they are just 700 sponsors yes. and, on their shirts. And just like NASCAR drivers who are the biggest experts in the world in this, uh, before I answer any questions, it was a great day by Pepsi and uh, M&M's. You know, I had the, uh, I had the uh, you know, Big O Tires uh, had me going. And, like, and just name, like, 30 sponsors before they announce uh, any kind of uh, answer to a question. Big O Tires got me to the stadium safely. Yeah, exactly. Drink. When I got here, I had a Pepsi. Yeah, I had a Pepsi. It was it was a good start to the day, and that, that helped us get a win. Couldn't have done it without Big O Tires. Couldn't have oh. done it. Of course, at halftime, I needed a boost. So I went to M&M's. How are, how are NASCAR drivers so good oh, at that? Oh, they are. They must. When you're coming up through NASCAR. They practice that more than racing? I'm telling you, when you come up through NASCAR, because every NASCAR, when you get to NASCAR, you all have your own media teams. Like, each week I get Kyle Busch, Kirk Busch. Like, their own media team sends out stuff. It's not NASCAR media. They have their own people. If they're any good at NASCAR, they have to have people who take them through training on that. Yeah. They are unbelievable at saying several sentences about the race while moving in their sponsor. Yeah. They're incredible. And it's like 
it's and it's a question about anything. Like any it doesn't question, matter. Any question you yeah. ask them, they find yes. a way to work it in, and it's like, did you have a drink of water? Yes, I had Aquafina. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's just they work their sponsors into everything. But that's that's what college football players need to start doing. I, that would actually be better than most college football player press conferences, anyway. Right, like right, oh, most yeah, of them yeah, are they, useless. Yeah, but if exactly. all of a sudden we get guys like trying to find a way to work in all their sponsors, some, Bryce like, Young would be up there forever. Yeah, there for know, like six some months. Like that sandwich last place touchdown, in Tuscaloosa. It was really oh. head and shoulders that <laughs> brought my brought me back. <laughs> It'd be great. Yeah, you have the, what? It's the Arkansas offensive lineman with their barbecue restaurant. Oh yeah, they're yeah. like crediting that. Yeah, you know, yeah. we really pushed them around. Pre-game up front. meal. Yeah, because our pre-game meal really gave us that extra <laughs> boost in the fourth quarter. This really helped us out. This gla- this amazingly for our show, which we love every bit of it, has gone off the rails with these sponsorships, and we want more of it. We want these kids sponsored by everybody. Yeah, now how do I get my fake horses sponsored? Oh. That's apparently coming in the future. We'll be able to put a sponsor on the side of our horses and races. Yeah, that's something they've put out there is, Bubble hey, we want to do this. Who would pay you? Oh, if our horse is good enough, there'll be people watching. Eventually, Ed, eventually this is going to be on TV. Look, I'm not going to doubt it. They got $20 million yesterday for something that eventually, Jared said they did, and they got $20 million. Bucks. Well, or maybe not TV, but it'll be you'll be able to stream it on the Internet it eventually. Which you'll, you'll put able, on your television. You'll be able to watch my horse win me a million dollars. I can't wait. I'll retire the next day. go to day. the press conference with owner Bischoff. <laughs> Twitter. I just visited 19 dealers, saw 23 brands, and got a crazy good deal. The Valley Auto Mall in Henderson made me hashtag believe. Click or visit the Valley Auto Mall today. This is JT. Remy Martin wants to remind you, when you're celebrating any of your team's victories, make sure you celebrate with Remy Martin Cognac. Remy Martin VSOP. 1738 and XO are all teamed up for excellence. Are you? Love a great steak, but don't want to pay 50 60 $70 for one? Make it yourself. Great steaks directly from MeetupVegas.com. They have the best meat exclusively sold to the finest steakhouses, never sold to the public until now. Use the code COFIELD for a discount. MeetupVegas.com. It's M-E-A-T up Vegas.com. It's JT, and I'm excited to introduce our newest sponsor, Five Iron Golf, the premier indoor golf facility in Area 15. At Five Iron, you get to experience and use the same technology as the pros, TrackMan simulators or cameras, allowing you to watch your 